You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. just found the very best in original talk radio broadcasting on the internet it's la talk radio we say what we want what we want you're listening to on the couch on the couch with dr michelle on la talk radio I am Dr. Michelle Cohen, and welcome, as you always are, this time, Friday, 11 in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, on L.A. Talk Radio. Nice to have you with me. I think you're going to want to just kick your feet up on the couch here and uh, really get into what we have to talk about today. As always, let me ask you some questions out there. Have you suddenly awakened from sleeping and remembered a wonderful dream and wish you could stay there? How about waking up because something freaked you out and you had a really scary dream and you said, no, this is not good. No, this is way too uncomfortable and I'm too afraid to go back to sleep because I don't want it to happen again. (laughs) Well, we've all had strange dreams. How about those nightmares? How about when we dream about people who have passed on What was that about? And why don't some of us remember our dreams? We all dream, don't you know? But why are so many of you out there saying, I don't dream? (laughs) Well, today we're going to find out about why we dream and what our dreams mean. I always invite you to give me a call if you have any questions or comments. Right here in the studios live, 323-203-0815. 323-203-0815. Or you can email me if you're one of those shy types. You don't like to get your voice on the air. Rather shy. Uh, you can you can email me at docmichelle, D-O-C, Michelle, with two L's, at AOL.com if you have any questions for my special guest. And she's on the air with us right now, Dr. Jillian Holloway. You are a respected dream analyst. You are a researcher and a media expert. Um, welcome to the show. So nice to have you, Jillian. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It's a real treat to talk to you again. Oh, it sure is great to have you here. Let me tell uh, listeners about many of your books here, and I know you're working on another one as well right now as we speak. Um, You're author of The Complete Dream Book, which, listen, folks, you want to analyze your dreams, you want to know what it's about, breaking them down, this is the one to read. Also, Jillian has written the complete dream book of love and relationships. I'm holding it right here in my hands. Uh, Also, Dreaming Insights. And another one you really might want to pick up is Erotic Dreams. And The Five Steps to Decode Your Dreams. So, all great books. And, of course, like I said, Jillian's working on another one, which we'll be talking about in just a little bit as well. So, Jillian... Let's let's just uh, state the obvious here. Let's let's just jump right into it. Why why do we dream? <laughs> you know, I think that we dream to sort through the past and to prepare for the future. Hmm. Those are the two basic 
things that seem to be going on in almost every dream that people report. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we reference the past and we make sense of it, but there's also a real uh, style that we have of preparing for what's going to come next. And I personally think that that's why there's so much talk of precognitive dreams. Right. Some of our dreams are telepathic, no yes. question about it. Mm. But a lot of them are just preparation dreams that turn out to be accurate. And so yes. it looks like the dream came true. Wow. So we have insight. We have intuition, maybe? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that our intu- intuitive function, if you remember your dreams well mm-hmm. and spontaneously, you're a very lucky person because yes. you have an inside track to your own intuitive style. Mm-hmm. And you can learn a lot about what's going on in your life and also about your own disposition and personality, things that you didn't suspect about yourself. Yes. that That is what's really wonderful, too, is the discovery if you really learn how to break it down. And we're, we're well, going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm excited about that because people, you know, the thing of, oh, are you in denial right. about problems? We're not in denial about our problems. <laughs> we know them backwards and forwards. <laughs> yeah. What we're in denial about is our gifts and talents and abilities and our kind of heroic nature. That's yeah. the thing that we X out and, and is invisible to us. Wow. You know, it's fascinating to me because there are a lot of people who I see and I'm sure who you have done research with who say, I don't dream. I never I don't remember any dreams. That's not true, is it? <laughs> no, it's well, it's true if they don't remember them, you know, spontaneously. Right, right. But uh, there's a difference between being able to remember them at all and remembering them spontaneously or accidentally. And it turns out that about half of us remember our dreams easily and yes. intermittently, and half of us don't. Yeah. There's no high road, there's no moral high ground or spiritual evolution or mm-hmm. IQ that right. can account for it. It's just a personality trait. Gosh, is that true? Do you know we have a caller already on the line here? Shall we uh, jump right in here and see what's going oh, on? Oh, please. I'd uh, love it. Pull this person up on the air. Hi, you're on the couch with Dr. Michelle and my special guest, Dr. Jillian Holloway. Who's this? Hi, uh, this is Robin Kendall calling. Hi, Robin. Just how wanted are you? to say hi and, and how much I uh, enjoy your show ongoingly. And um, oh. uh, my friends and I are sitting here listening to it and very much interested in your content. Oh, thank you so Didn't much. Um, uh, so anyway, that's all we wanted oh. to say, and keep up the wonderful work. Did you have any? <laughs> did you have any questions about dreams or any um, anything that you wanted to share with my special guest today, Dr. Holloway, uh, about a dream experience you've had? Mm, gosh, uh, is there any connection with anything when one dreams of semi-precious stones like? Uh, the more mineralistic stones, um, mm. turquoise, jade, uh, wow. jasper, uh, lapis, that sort of thing. Uh, is there? Uh, I seem well, to be bringing those up lately, and I don't know why. Really? Oh, that's fascinating. Well, in the in the in the broadest definition, all kinds of stones, precious stones, semi-precious stones seem to have to do with things of value in our own lives and in our own disposition. So you're probably making some connections maybe with things that you have written off or taken for granted that you need to take a closer look at and and bring them up to the forefront of your life, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. It really does. Gosh, good. All right. Thank you so much. And I sure appreciate you all taking my call. All right. Thanks for calling, Robin. Have a good day now. 
All right. Now you that too. Thanks, Doctor. Okay. Bye bye. Now. now that that was very interesting. Um, yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, that's that's just what I was touching on, and and people often will dream of you know discovering diamonds in their carpet or oh. discovering money in the pocket of their coat, yes. and these are dreams reminding us, you know what, you've got something of value, and you're taking it mm-hmm. for granted because it's so ho hum to you. Boy, is that a but good if one. Took it out. It might be a business. It might be something you could sell, or it just might be something that you could enjoy and celebrate. What a great idea. You know, um, we've read about dream analysis. How many gazillion books are there out there on that, huh? Oh, a, a gazillion <laughs> is right, yes. And, you know, yeah. Freud said that dreams are wish fulfillments or representations of unconscious desires, thoughts, or motivations. Do you agree with his theory? You know, I have not found that to be very, very true. Hmm. And, I, you know, there's always a possibility that in his day and age that was the trend because we are influenced by the time in history in which we live. Yeah. But right now we tend to dream on a real parallel with what's going on. Yes. That's typical. So if you're under stress, you tend to have stress dreams. You don't right. tend to have you know, yummy wish fulfillment dreams. Right. That, that just isn't, I haven't seen that in, in my research or in my clinical work. Wow, that is very interesting. Um, you know, there, and everybody does have a, well, if you dream of this, it's a, it, it means a phallic symbol. Or if you dream, you know, it's like <laughs> cogwash, you know. Uh, a lot of people are interested in um, how we decode dreams. What do they mean? Just like our first caller, Robin, today asked, you mm-hmm. you talk about decoding dreams in five steps. Can you share what they are and how, how this can help and really get people to understand their dreams a lot better? Yes. I put this little book together for my students, and it has been picked up by other teachers, and it turns out to be very handy. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing than taking one symbol and saying, well, that means blah, blah, blah. It's the, it's the checkpoints that I use when I have to do an interpretation quickly. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is your first impression. What impact did the dream have on you? Wow. Take that seriously, Mm because that's part of your truth resonance, like your tuning fork. Right. The second thing to make note of is the action in the dream. Mm Mm-hmm. What happened? That is, that's like the spinal cord. Yep. The the next thing is how you felt in the dream, Mm -hmm. not how you judged it or the spin you put on it when you woke up, Mm -hmm. but how you felt in the dream. Mm You'll, you'll want to stay consistent with that, and that will, like the plot of a movie, that's wow. very important. Yeah. The next thing, then, after you've kind of gotten seated into your own truth, what I call your ground of meaning, then start to look at those symbols. That's Ooh. the fun part, but you need to postpone that until you've gotten into how it felt for you. Right. Then you can start to make connections with the symbols and figure out how it fits with what's going on in your life Ooh. and what the the next step is what are the implications what's the gift right. what's the bottom line here there was a man recently i talked to who was dreaming of driving down the freeway right. at night fast with his lights off oh gosh <laughs> now that's a pretty easy dream to interpret right, right, he, right. he's not looking where he's going right Right. But that's the implication. If yes. he's and he was, he was rushing into a business deal, so the dream helped him to kind of take a step back and read the contract over again. Wow, so to speak. that's and great. Mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so these are steps that people can take, and of course they can pick up the five steps to decode your dreams if they want. And I'll also give uh, listeners information on how to get in contact with my special guest, Dr. Jillian Holloway, and also to find her books, which really are based on research. This is not just guessing stuff. This is real research that Jillian has done for many, many years as a, a doctor of psychology and a dream specialist. So. If you'd like to call in here on the couch with Dr. Michelle and Dr. Julian Holloway, please do so. You want to get your voice on the air, 323-203-0815. We welcome any questions you may have about your dreams. Uh, or you can email me if you're a little shy. It's DocMichelle, D-O-C-Michelle at AOL.com. There's two L's. And I'll pull up your name right away and your question, and we'll just run with it. If you have anything you'd like to talk to about Dr. Julian and your dreams. Um you know, we've all heard about people who have recurring nightmares, mm-hmm. and they actually share how they dread sleeping <laughs> so they won't be oh, scared, yeah. right? I don't want to go to sleep. It's too scary. What's going on in our minds that would allow us to scare ourselves so much? Well, there's two things happening that I, that I want to touch on. This is such an important question. Mm. Um, one is that if we're not getting it, if we're not paying attention to something, there is a sense in which the dreaming mind turns up the volume. It's like if you've been in a conversation at a party where somebody can't hear you, right. you start to yell after yeah. a while. Yeah. And that's exactly what the mm. psyche does. As you know, if we're not getting to some basic truth or we're not catching a warning like the guy driving with the lights off, right. whatever it is, if we tend to be too busy to pay attention, <clears throat> excuse me, our dreams get louder. Mm. And the way they get louder is by scaring the dickens out of us. Yes. Wow. So if you want to interrupt that pattern, the best thing you can do is turn towards your dreams. Mm-hmm. Start writing them down. Start talking about them. Draw a picture of the monster. Mm. Get on the phone with your best friend, you know, overseas or whatever you need to do mm-hmm. to, to sort of turn toward it. And that will interrupt the, the nightmares better than anything. Yeah, taking action. You know, in all of your books, you talk about how we can program our dreams and listen to our own intuitive wisdom from them. What do you mean by that? I mean to get into the habit. You know, there's a lot of talk about affirmations now, and I think they're fantastic. But another way to program your mind is to just talk to yourself silently as you're about to go to sleep Mm. and ask for the kinds of dreams that you would like to have. Huh. Now, this is not airy-fairy at all. Right. This is very, <laughs> very effective. Yes. Um, in fact, there was a woman who had a dream of being shot in her feet and legs and thighs with yes. a machine gun. Oh, my God. The dream was so frightening, she couldn't work with it or even think about oh. it. So she asked for a dream that would give her the same message but not be so intense so that she could actually get at the message if there was one. She had a dream the next night that someone grabbed her and forced her to wear shoes that were too tight so that she got cramps in her feet and legs. Now, for her, clearly this was the same material, but her mind heard her and gave her a subdued, watered-down version of that. Isn't that and she was, Yeah, she was able to then see how this pertained to a situation at work where she was being harassed, mm-hmm. and she could kind of deal with it then. Wow, so, that is uh, fascinating. It is, it is. It's, I never am ceased to be amazed yeah. at how, if you talk to your mind, your subconscious, you can get 
a, a line of communication going on that will just blow you away. Oh, isn't that awesome? Speaking about cramps and legs, um, you know, I, I've read a lot of research about how our physiological disruptions can tweak our dreams. I mean, we're, you know, we go to sleep and we're having a, a, a upset stomach or on some <laughs> level we hear a, uh, a foghorn through the window, which will sort of change the focus of our dreams because there's some audio coming in or, you know, some kind of a physiological stimulus going on can they affect our dreams a lot oh absolutely mm-hmm. what happens though is that that is the trigger to set you off on a certain kind of dream mm-hmm. just like you watch a, a war movie before bed you might have a war dream that's the trigger but that's not the meaning mm. of the dream right and I separate those two to, to make it easy for people. You can recognize what triggered a dream, but then you still have to work with the personal material because two people in a hot bedroom will have two different dreams. One might dream of being caught in a fire, and one might dream about burning their cookies. <laughs> right. Because that's the psychological material that they're, that they're sorting through and preparing for. But no question, the hot room triggered those dreams for them. Hmm. So look at what Mm -hmm. happened in the dream Mm -hmm. and how you coped Mm. in terms of where you get the meaning from it. Mm. That is really fascinating. You know, I have one of my office partners in my psychological practice um, when he was going through university to get his doctorate in psychology. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He would... (laughs) He would put a tape under his pillow for his lessons. He he was hoping that in some way, subconsciously, the information would seek into his brain so it would help him in his test the next day. Is this for real or is this just a myth? Well, it really varies individually. Some people have amazing uh-huh. uh, abilities. They're like the amazing Kreskin right, right. Uh, in terms of what they can absorb and program. Others of us can do that all day long and, and nothing much happens. So I invite people to experiment, you know, set the expectation bar pretty low. Yeah. Let's see what happens. It's free. You know, you're not signing over your house to some guru. Mm -hmm. You're just buying a little free experiment in the privacy of your own home. So where's the harm? Yeah, that's true. I guess you're right. Might as well go for it and see what happens. Um, Do we need uh, REM stages, right? I mean, it's very important. Is that... You know, the after the Delta stage, is is that um, uh, where we sort out a lot of things? I mean, I know the brain has been compared to a computer where we need to sort of sort uh, and uh, delineate certain types of information in order to function the next day. Is that true, or what do you think about that? Oh, I think that's so important, Michelle. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, and, and I believe that there are individual differences in how much REM sleep we need, even though that hasn't been well, well documented. Just anecdotally from clients, there are people that get, you know, they, they're hard chargers and they get by with a lot less sleep than the average mortal requires. Yes. <laughs> but when those people take a nap, instead of going through stages, they start into REM instantaneously as soon right. as they drift into sleep. And that's always a sign of sleep deprivation and REM oh, deprivation. But they have great nap dreams. Right. So if you're, if you're a type A and you can't remember your dreams, when you go on vacation or on Sunday afternoon, take a little nap and write down your dreams then. Hmm. So there are a lot of people who can't remember their dreams, and, and they are dreaming, though, right? We all need to. 
That's right. They are dreaming. And um, it it turns out if you have, you know, thick boundaries and or if you're a type A person, sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't remember your dreams as well. But it's programmable. Mm-hmm. And with affirmations or with setting a, a suggestion so that mm-hmm. if you have a morning ritual, Mm-hmm. You take that first cup of coffee or tea mm-hmm. or whatever you do, right. you know, get up and let the dog out. Mm-hmm. Your first thing you can say, when I have my first cup of coffee or when I do whatever your morning ritual is, I'll remember a dream. Mm. Try that for a week or so, and you should start to have a dream memory, a scene, waft up into your consciousness as you state that. Mm. You, you set up a trigger, almost like when hypnosis. Wow. That is so cool. It's kind of like those those Einstein naps, right? I mean, didn't he get a lot of theorem and <laughs> didn't he really come up with some brilliant ideas because he was sort of so deep because he was such a um, sleepless That's person? That's right. Yeah. And what, whatever your area, as you know this, I know mm-hmm. you have had dreams about clients and mm-hmm. I know things oh, that yeah. come to you yeah. because whatever your area of expertise mm-hmm. is, you will be predisposed yes. to have good problem-solving abilities in your dreams mm. associated with that area. So if you aren't taking advantage of this, you should be. Right. Uh, because it, it's just amazing how much information, and you can just connect the dots in a completely different way. Wow. By the way, if you just tuned in here on the couch with Dr. Michelle, my special guest today is Dr. Jillian Holloway. She's a respected dream analyst, researcher, media expert, and author of so many books. It's the complete dream book, the complete dream book of love and relationships, dreaming insights, erotic dreams, the five steps to decode your dreams. And, of course, she's working on a new book right now. We talked about this last time, and, of course, it fascinates a lot of us. Um, it's about intuition. It's about getting in touch with those who have passed on. We talked about how many times we dream about people who have passed on and what's that about. Can you explain more detail about why we dream about people who have passed on? That's right. You should really have some strange music to play in the background when we we go out on the ledge (laughs) together. But but really... I believe that some of our dreams about the dead are grief dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sure. naturally, if you've lost someone, that's the biggest thing happening oh, sure. in your life. And so you're processing. But remember when you said, are we having wish fulfillment dreams sometimes? Mm-hmm. This is where I'm in complete disagreement with that theory. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the dreams that we have that seem to be a communication are so uh, uplifting. Mm-hmm. They are so reassuring mm-hmm. and the the person who's deceased has often a different appearance yes. than they did when they were sick or ill or dying right. often they're younger yes yeah and people dreamers will say you know it turned out to be grandma but i was talking to this woman who looked about 35 and it took me a long time to realize this is grandma oh my goodness yes yeah. Yes, and that is a tipper. 
that's a tip off mm-hmm. that you are having a communication dream mm. because my, here's my argument. Okay. People don't even know. I mean, if they were making this up to make themselves feel better, mm-hmm. they would make it up according to their own expectations. Right. But they don't. They have something mm. from out of left field right. where this person is younger, mm-hmm. they're healthy, and, in, and you know they go to bed crying and they in, enter the dream and everything's wonderful. Yes. That's just not the kind of emotional soup that gives rise to a, a happy dream like this. And mm. so I think the happiness comes from the deceased person. Oh, my goodness. You know, we talked about this last time, and, and I know you're doing research on it, but I truly believe there are so many, um, uh, let, let's say, physics, uh, it, things in the unseen. And um, mm-hmm. I hate to use that airy-fairy vibrational states, but, I mean, <laughs> you know, we do have certain types of brain waves. Uh, for some reason, um, and maybe possibly we discussed that there there is certain uh, certain uh, physiological brainwave or something that allows us to tap into the unseen or that other side uh, mm-hmm. to talk to folks who are not on this material plane anymore. What do you think about that? I think you're right, and I think mm-hmm. that's the difference that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, as they say, and I hear from people all the time that say, why can't I dream of my husband? Why can't I dream of my child? There's nothing I would like more, and it doesn't happen for them. Mm. And they feel, you know, left out, particularly if somebody else in the family has that kind of dream. They think, well, I was closer to Grandma than she was. What right. is she doing coming through to so-and-so? Right. <laughs> but it turns out that some of us are just easier, you know, it's like we have the, the broadband connection. Right. And it's just easier to get through to some people. Mm-hmm. And one finding that's confirming this, Michelle, is how many people are asked mm. to give a message. They're not even into this afterlife yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. And they get contacted by the neighbor right. who's deceased who says, look, would you get a message to my wife? She's mm. freaking out, and I want her to know that I'm fine, and I can't get through to her. Wow. So then the poor neighbor is like, not so much. I don't really want to do this. And if they don't do it, guess what? The deceased comes back and Mm. says something like, I thought you were going to talk to my wife. What's the holdup? Oh, my goodness. And you've seen this a lot. You've heard this a lot. I have. I have. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just I, yeah. too weird. Nobody, <clears throat> excuse me, nobody would make this story up because it, you know, it's really not their yeah. kettle of fish. Yeah, exactly. It's a little freaky, and it, and it's not in keeping with a lot of uh, religious belief systems either. It's kind of wait a minute, <laughs> you know. I wanted to see Jesus, but I saw my uncle Fred. You know, it's, wait that's a minute, what's exactly going right. on here? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so do you believe we survive death? Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I yeah. did before in a sort of vague way. Right, right. Like I believed that there was a God somewhere. Yes. Um, and I still don't have, you know, any of the direct answers, but I have no question that we survive physical death and that we are in communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and that our loved ones are trying to communicate with us. And there's mm-hmm. something more technical about it than we realize here, because we've got a Hollywood version of how things work. Sure, sure. But they can't just do it willy-nilly. They have right. to do some kind of switcheroo, vibrationally right. or technically, and so sometimes they can't do it until they've been gone for a while, and they get mm-hmm. the technical information, apparently. Yes. This is what I hear, and I'm trying to piece it together from the reports. Exactly. And then there's always the uh, reports of... Uh, 
a near-death experience or, you know, the out-of-body situation uh, with people who report that as well, you know, going to the other side. One of my guests coming up in a couple of weeks is psychologist Mary Jo Rapini. I don't know if you met her or not. Um, I have She's terrific. She she wrote a book. Uh, Is God pink? <laughs> but she actually had a she actually had a severe stroke and was mm. uh, diagnosed as clinically dead for seven minutes. Mm. About seven minutes. Oh man! And she came back. But in those seven minutes, which seemed like a, an eternity to her, mm-hmm. she actually had an experience where she passed through the tunnel. She saw the light. She saw relatives who she didn't even know welcoming her into this bright, fuzzy place. You know, all these experiences we see and hear about in the movies and stuff, or other people describing. And and truly, you know, she's a scientist like you. I mean, she is truly a, a trained psychologist, you know, to focus on research. But because of this experience, it has changed her life so much that she's, um, you know, written about it in the possible states of mind that we can get into to allow ourselves to understand that, we can't see what's going on here, but mm-hmm. there are things going on in, you know, in in the unseen. Oh boy, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'll do, I'll make a note of her work. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's great. But I was thinking of, um, you know, how have you treated some people who, you know, just. Um, have continual nightmares who can't work through their issues? Do you have individuals who are just tormented and, you know, really need some therapy who who haven't worked through their issues? I have inadvertently. I have had people who have two two different personality types, not so much the victims of trauma, Mm -hmm. but people who are sensitive in a way that they are chronically overstimulated mm. and have sort of thin boundaries so that they are picking their their empaths you know habitual empaths mm-hmm. and they're picking up everything from everyone all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and they tend to have chronic nightmares of all different sorts and shapes and sizes because they're mm-hmm. just uh, like a psychic sponge yes. loose in the world yes. and they need just just good old boundary work sure uh, to try and sort through, and it, it's very effective to get rid of even lifelong nightmares. So I have had very good luck with that. Mm-hmm. And also, if you, as you know, if you turn towards your dreams, mm-hmm. that changes the quality of the dreams as well because you get a dialogue going on, and, and then there's no need to just scare you all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, it's true. I guess in our conscious state, when we are worried folks, a lot of people, I think, who have generalized anxiety or panic disorder, you know, they're always worried. And there's a lot of control and fear, you know, going on. I guess that would translate into the dream situation. So those those fears are coming Uh, out. And people are are typically, if you're anxious anyway, then you're afraid of what you might discover in your dreams. And that's one thing I, I want to offer people, don't be afraid. You're going to you're going to discover something incriminating, mm-hmm. or some kind of dire diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You may find a reason mm-hmm. yes. for what's going on. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you'd like to uh, email us here and you don't uh, want to get your voice on the air because you're a little shy, you can do so. And if you have any questions for my special guest today, dream researcher, author, public speaker, media expert, Dr. Jillian Holloway. Just go ahead, write us, Doc Michelle, D-L-C Michelle with two L's, 
at AOL.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call and you have a um, dream question you would like to ask Dr. Holloway, you can call us live here right now, 323-203-0815. And don't be shy. Just go for it and let us know if you have any uh, kind of scary dreams or happy dreams or what does this mean kind of dreams. So uh, give us a call. Write us. We'd love to hear what are some of the biggest uh, misconceptions um, that people have about interpreting their dreams? You know, in terms of, uh, well, this must mean this, or uh, what are what are some of the some of the most common uh, misinterpretations? You know, you talked a little earlier about the wish fulfillment theory. That theory, yeah. yeah. Well, I think any time we put a theory and we slap it like a, a sticky label on top of a dream, yes, yes. that's not in your best interest. Yeah. You want to start pulling things out of the dream like you're unpacking a gift box. Yes. If you're slapping something on top, you're not going to be able to see what's in it. So right, that's right. one rule of thumb. The other thing is this idea that a symbol is going to take you uh, to the finish line. Yes, yes. Symbols are intriguing, and we can't help but love, you know, how weird they are. But really, that's not your your fastest ticket. I get a lot of inquiries and a lot of clients who say, okay, I've Googled everything in the world on, yeah. you know, school buses, and uh, they tell me I'm going to take a long journey. Ah. And, and my dream was about being in a school bus and rolling off a ravine and rolling oh, down, my God. you know. Yeah. So, it's not about going on a long journey, I promise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. just looking at the action of the dream is so much more viable than mm. getting hum, hung up on a symbol. After you look at the action, which is about, you know, on that one was about falling into a, a problem area with a whole group of other people. Mm-hmm. And this was a young person who was needing to pull away from her peer group because they were getting into more and more dangerous and dark areas. And she, that just wasn't her thing. And yes, she was starting yes. to feel that push and pull, like, I've got to cut a few friends loose here. And, of course, when you're young, you don't want to do that. That's yeah. the last thing you're thinking of. Wow, that's so true. Great advice. Uh, yeah, I have an email here, and it's from Kathy. Seems like Kathy. Mm-hmm. Shall we shall we tackle it together here? Oh, sure. All right. Um, it says, dear Dr. Holloway, my late cousin's son got married last weekend, and I saw the whole family. My cousin passed away about five years ago. He was never able to see his adult son get married. <laughs> But I have been having dreams about him. Last night in my dream, my cousin was under my bed, reaching out to me, saying, come on, I'll show you what it's like. He reached his hands out and I grabbed them and I truly felt his skin, which was very rough. He didn't scare me, but it was so real. What am I to think of this? Okay, Kathy. Good, good one. <laughs> good question. Yeah. Well, that has some of the markers of a communication dream, but mm-hmm. it could be either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he here are some of the things that I look at, and you can tell me what your sense of it is, mm-hmm. Michelle. Yeah. If it's a communication, whereas there's mainly just a conversation going on, that tends to be typical of these visitation dreams, mm-hmm. and also. That kind of contact, you know, there used to be a myth, don't don't touch a dead person in your dream or you'll get blooped over into the right. other side. Right. That's not that's not true because right. people report all the time that they yes. touch the deceased. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And often there's a transfer of energy, you know, Mm -hmm. a kind of infusion of energy. Mm. Um, Something very, very real about the dream that they wake up with that sense of reality. Mm -hmm. So I'm inclined to think that it's possible that this is a a visitation dream. What do you think? It sounds like it to me. Um, uh, of course, the family was right there, and it sounds to me like Kathy. I guess Kathy was with the family, so so that person is in her mind, and I'm sure she missed that person. And uh, mm-hmm. the whole family talked about having uh, her late cousin there at the wedding, but it seems to me that maybe it was. Uh, it sounds very real, reaching out the hands, and the she said the texture or something of his hands were very, very real and rough. So mm-hmm. I, I sure sounds like it to me. Yeah, I think it's possible. And Kathy, you know, people know mm-hmm. they already know in their heart of hearts what they believe, mm-hmm. and they kind of, when they when they ask us this question, they want to have permission to believe what they already know to be true. Right. So at the bottom line is that Kathy knows what she thinks about this. Right. And I would encourage her to, if, if she feels it's real, then that is the best evidence of anything when the dreamer has that sense of reality. Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, you know, sometimes people fear, oh, if we see people who've passed on, that means that they're beckoning us. It's our time soon. <laughs> That's not necessarily true either. No, it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um at all. So I, I really wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy, thank you so much for emailing us. If you'd like to give us a call here, if you have a dream or have had a recent dream experience that you would like to uh, ask Dr. Holloway about, uh, you can give us a call here at 323-203-0815. Or of course, you can email me if you're shy and you don't want to put your voice on the air. Michelle at AOL.com. D-O-C Michelle with two L's at AOL.com. You know, you've you've had so many great books out, and I'm holding this one right now in my hands. It's the complete dream book of love and relationships. Um, And you talk about some of the warning signs and common dreams that could help folks avoid getting into bad relationships. What are some of those um, little signs that you talk about in your book? Well... One of the dreams that people report a lot, but they report it in retrospect after they've gotten themselves into a bit of a bind, um, is that right away when when we start a new relationship, the dreaming mind is referencing uh, similar personalities, Mm -hmm. similar patterns, Mm -hmm. doing pattern recognition. So if you have a dream about the worst relationship you ever had in your life, what I call the bad old days, um, pay attention to that. Write it down and, and... Go forward with your eyes wide open, Hmm. because often we will choose someone who has a different style than we've had in the past, and so we'll say, well, you know, Harry is nothing like Joe. Joe was a jerk, and Harry's a prince, but in fact, we've picked somebody with a different style, but a similar set of issues, and the dreaming mind picks up on that, and we'll start having you have flashback dreams of hurtful times in the past. Yes. So that is a, a wonderful, I mean, nobody wants to have them, but it really is a wonderful, intuitive, warning type of dream. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to cut things off, but like right. I said, go forward with your eyes open. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. We just got another email from Lisa, and okay. uh, we shall uh, answer this one, hopefully. We can uh, help her out. Um, what does it mean when I dream about social situations I am in? 
and I don't know anyone, but I also feel comfortable with these people. I'm always at a party or at some social dinner, and none of the faces look familiar to me. (laughs) Who are these people? (laughs) That is so interesting. I get that question a lot, and it's like, hey, am I dreaming somebody else's dream here? Because where are all the people that I know? Some people are incredibly predisposed to those types of dreams where the characters just don't you know, they're not anybody that yes. you know. Yes. Um, there's really no great, widely accepted explanation for that. Yes. One thing could be that some of the people represent sides of your own personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if they have particular attributes, you know, uh, that can be something to consider. Sometimes yes. you'll have a casting call of all your old uh, occupations in one party, that kind of thing. Yes. But I'm guessing that Lisa just has this predisposition. This is her style of dreaming. So she's going to get more out of the dreams if she focuses on the action. Yes. What's going on? Is it about communication? Mm-hmm. Is it about love? Is it about rapport? Mm-hmm. Is it about you know solving some kind of problem collectively? Is she on a task force for the for the power of good in the right. universe? Right. Whatever the whatever the plot is, that will give her something to, to really sink her teeth into. No, that's a great idea. That really is. So Lisa, enjoy. If you're comfortable with those people who you're socializing with and you've never seen any of the faces before, that's fine. <laughs> enjoy yourself. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if she's a very social person or not. She probably is. She probably yeah. is, and yeah. that's probably big for her. You know, there are. I have friends who are <clears throat> on the shamanic continuum, and they would argue that we have lots more friends yeah. than we know about, yeah. and that in the dream time, yes. uh, you know, we actually can connect with them. Mm-hmm. And get mm-hmm. some work done, get some socializing done, make some connections. And I'm very comfortable with that idea. I yeah. don't know that it's true, but I'm yeah. very comfortable with it. That is a possibility. Yeah, I am too. I think it sure is a possibility. You know, we're we're I guess in the end we're all one. I guess we just have to tune into each other and maybe in that particular um <laughs> Uh, brainwave frequency, we can do that. (laughs) Yes, it's, you know, our culture does not specialize in in these kinds of possibilities. So we're a little late to the game in in considering them, but I think that that's probably a possibility. Sure. What are some of the most common dreams that you hear people describe over and over again that has led to a lot of your research? Well, some of the dreams have to do with what are called the school dreams, huh. you know, mm-hmm. taking taking a test that you're not prepared for because you forgot to take the whole darn class, right. <laughs> except for the last day when they're passing out the yep. final. Yep. And you kind of yep. slap your hand to your forehead and do the best you can yep. with the test. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I call a high achiever nightmare. Mm-hmm. And these are people who really put extra pressure on themselves mm-hmm. and expect the world of yes. themselves on a, on a consistent basis. And they have the exam dream or the student dream very often. Mm-hmm. Um, another variation of, of school dreams are that you can't get your locker. Oh, you know, remember those lockers right. with the combination lock? Right. You can't get it open. Right. And everybody else comes and goes and slams their locker <laughs> right. shut and goes off to class, and you're still twirling the dial because you oh, can't God. get your combination to work. <laughs> right, right, right. And that tends to be a dream that people have when they have part of themselves Mm. that's locked up. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. either through grief or because you had to, you know, change your identity a little bit and go off with something that was going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You decide, okay, I'm going to be smart, or okay, I'm going to be sexy, or okay, I'm going to be an athlete, mm-hmm. and everything else gets locked away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Later in life, we have that recurring dream where it's like, I wish I could get my stuff back. Yes. You know, yes, because that's what we're stuff. looking for. Yeah, that's so those true. Mm-hmm. those little anxiety dreams are really common. Right. Right. Well, you know, I think everybody's had dreams like you know the little fear or I've got to get to or there's something nagging them uh, because they've been working so hard and they're they don't feel prepared. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's interesting because I I was recently at a, a small conference with a bunch of radio broadcasters here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing radio for 25 years. So, <laughs> but we were, I knew a lot of these personalities. Some of them are still on the air. Some of them have since retired. But one of the most common things, I brought this up. We were just kind of relaxing and kicking back. And I said, do any of you have the radio fear dreams? Mm-hmm. You know, where we go into a studio, it's kind of dark. We can't really see all that well. And all the equipment, many of us are used to running our own boards. Uh, we had to many times in the olden days before we had engineers. <laughs> but So much of the equipment's broken, or we can't get the computers not working, or and the mic's on, and we have to vamp for hours. There's, <laughs> there's no commercials. There's no, nothing's working except the live mic. And we have nothing to say. We're trying to, you know, talk. Yes. They're, the majority of the people I was sitting with, and there were about 20 people, have had this same dream. It's a fear of the workplace, oh, my God, what if scenario, you know. Mm-hmm. So I found it that fascinating. I found that really, it was kind of nice to know that other people have this because it's a very disturbing dream. Oh, it is. It's horrible. And and you're right. For every occupation, there is a stress dream. Mm -hmm. And it's always where you are responsible for everything, but unfortunately, you don't have control over everything. Right. So there you are in the bind. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, police have that dream where they draw the gun and it's not going to fire. Yes. Or firemen run out and the and the floor goes out from underneath them because it's already been burnt free you know yes N- nurses that somebody is bleeding to death i mean it just it's across the board and and it's always an insoluble problem but you're stuck with it right and of course the newer you are to to the occupation or activity the more you have those insoluble dreams mm-hmm. and i take those as a signal that we really have to pace ourselves If you have one of those stress dreams, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with what you're doing. It means that there's something you need to do to alleviate the amount of pressure you're putting on your own shoulders. Yes, it's really true. Yeah. And maybe you should get a little bit of anxiety therapy for that and, you know, kind of figure out why you keep dreaming those dreams. That's right. It, It tends to be the first, what people say is the first year in an occupation or activity, and they will be plagued with that. Mm-hmm. You know, the police call it the rookie dream. Right. Because right. after you're a little more seasoned, you figure, hey, if things get screwed up, they get screwed up. What am I going to do, you know? Exactly. But you don't think that way the first year. No, it's true. It's really true. Would you suggest people try to keep a dream journal for themselves if, if when oh. they wake up and, and 
whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. this is this is my magnificent obsession, Michelle. That's cool. You ha- whatever you had planned for the rest of your life, I'm sorry because you've got <laughs> to keep a dream turtle. Right. <laughs> you've got to. Yes. It it can literally save your life. Yes. Um, it, and you don't have to interpret everything. Just write it down. Yeah. Uh, write it down briefly or record it on a tape recorder. If you can do that, you will stop having nightmares. Mm. You'll start having clearer dreams. Mm. You'll start to understand your dreams. You'll remember them more easily, and you'll become more intuitive in your waking life. It, this is a dynamite thing to do if you can, if you can swing it for yourself. It really is. It's almost, and, and again, I hate to go to the unconscious and the conscious, but sometimes when we bring these scenarios to the conscious, we stop having those dreams. Right? Oh, yes. It, it changes everything. Instead of just having a scream in the mm-hmm. night, you know, you begin to understand what the conversation is about. And if you can be responsive, to the signals that your psyche is is showing you or the reflection, then uh, everything will smooth out. You know, people say, I don't have time to do something like that. Well, if you do it, it will save you time. It will save you losses financially. Um, It's just incalculable uh, how beneficial it can be. That's neat. Really neat to know. Well, we're getting close to the end here. I want to tell people how they can get in touch with you and get a hold of your books. What's the best way, Jillian? Well, uh, check out my my website, which is lifetreks.com, L-I-F-E-T-R-E-K-S. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a hold of me through the, through the website, and you can send your dreams in for my research. If you have time, that's a great thing to do. You can also sign up for my free newsletter where I give you lots of encouragement and tips on, on working with your dreams and your intuition. Oh, that's great. And uh, also, of course, all of her books are available on any of the book websites if you would like to get a hold of them. Uh, The Complete Dream Book, which is complete. It's amazing. Also, The Complete Dream Book of Love and Relationships. Uh, Dreaming Insights is a great one. Erotic Dreams. That'll tell you what's going on there. (laughs) I love that one. And The Five Steps to Decode Your Dreams as well. And like you said, you are working on a new dream about, or a new book rather, about dreams having to do with communicating with those who've passed on, which is Mm -hmm. fascinating research. As always, lovely to have you on the show, Dr. Holloway. Thank you so much for coming on. I sure appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Michelle. The pleasure was all mine. Take care. You too. Thanks again. (laughs) Bye-bye now. All right, again, I'll have uh, the show back up on the Internet here. If you would like to uh, download it tomorrow afternoon, it'll be available. If you would like to uh, replay it, go for it. I'll have it up, and you'll get to uh, explore some of the content and maybe learn more about your dreams and why you dream from my special guest today, Dr. Jillian Holloway. All right, it's about that time. I've got to go. You can stay on the couch if you like. There's more great shows coming up here on L.A. Talk Radio. This is Dr. Michelle, and as I always say, do take care of yourself first, and then you'll be great for others. That's the way it works, you see. Have a great weekend. I'll be back next Friday, 11 in the morning. We're talking about relationships. Bye-bye.